1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're going to complete chapter 11 in the book of Mark with verses 27 through 33. This is the time of the Passover and the week in which Jesus will be crucified. He and the disciples have been entering Jerusalem each day and leaving each evening. And here in verse 27, we see they are again entering Jerusalem. On the previous visit, Jesus had rather violently cleared the temple, shocking everyone And today the religious leaders question him about it. When Jesus had cleared the temple, he did so as one who had the authority to do so. And apparently no other authority attempted at that time to either question him or stop him. Think about that. A man comes in and disturbs the temple functions in such a violent way and nobody attempts to stop him interesting in itself but now the scribes and pharisees having gathered themselves since jesus's last visit are wanting to know by what authority did he do these things and in his answer jesus again demonstrates that their authority was still not above his own here is today's slice of the sermon entitled who do you think you are
0: they had their system Very rigorous system for bringing up those people. They were the ones in their own minds who could confer authority on someone. And only those who perpetuated the party line were ever granted the authority to teach. Jesus was not a member of that club. All the leaders of the Jews, especially those (coughs) in the Sanhedrin, were reeling from what Jesus did the previous day in the temple. They regarded it as their temple, and they were in charge. So in their minds, them being the ultimate authority on religious matters, somebody symbolically rejecting them, showing that God is rejecting them, they believed that Jesus was guilty of blasphemy. Now. The key word here is authority. The word that's translated uh, authority, if you'll notice in English, if you want to slice off a couple of letters, it it has the root author. The author of something is the initiator of it. Uh, The Greek word here that's translated authority actually has a form of the verb authority to be, a participle, so it would be like being. And it has a prefix that means out of or out from. So the idea is that authority comes out from the being, out from who this one is. And they're saying to Jesus, we didn't tell you that, that you could do that, therefore you can't do that. You can't possibly have the authority to do that. So since they believed, they possessed the ultimate spiritual authority, Jesus is a blasphemer. Now, in all of his encounters with any of these leaders over three-plus years, never did any of those Jewish leaders investigate or even entertain the idea that they might be wrong or they might need more information. The only exception to that that I can think of offhand is Nicodemus who was one of the teachers of the Jews, who came to Jesus and secretly asked Him a question. And we have evidence that He came around by the time of the death and resurrection of Christ. But as a group, they just cared about maintaining their positions, maintaining their control over the people, maintaining their uh, profitable selling of of uh, franchises to rip people off during the Passover. They were pompous, they were proud, they were hypocritical, and they were powerless to stop Jesus. What amazed them, and and really all the people who heard Jesus, was that Jesus had that hard-to-identify thing called authority. It's not that He flashed a badge. It's not that He had a a diploma to show them. He just had authority and they were jealous of His authority and they were angry that He opposed them. Remember what was said of Jesus at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 28 and 29? When Jesus had finished these things, the crowds were amazed at His teaching for He was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. The contrast was vivid. When the scribes, when the other rabbis taught, they always quoted each other. They always put on that, that air of scholarliness, as in, did God really say? You know, you, if you have to go into a British accent to really sound scholarly. And I don't know what a British accent was like in ancient Hebrew, but that was the attitude. When they did discuss a text of Scripture, they didn't examine carefully what it actually said, they would quote Rabbi so-and-so who said such-and-such about it and propose some theory. Theirs was a spiritual good old boys club, and because they were so committed to maintaining their traditions, so committed to hanging on to their position, nothing ever changed in their club except the faces. They would train the new ones coming in, the old ones would pass along. That's how they drifted so far away from obedience to the Scriptures, because they had overlaid their man-made traditions on top of what God said, and the Word of God was squeezed out. Think back to Mark chapter 7. Paying attention to the traditions of men, you overrule the Word of God. So along came Jesus, even though He didn't possess any authority that they conferred upon Him, but He showed this Amazing power, this amazing authority. Now, rather than listening to what he said, rather than asking honest questions, rather than examining themselves, they refused to ever entertain the idea that they might just be wrong. So, all that's left is attack this outsider who has this authority. Notice they didn't deny he had authority. They just said, it's not from us, therefore it's bogus. They completely failed to see that Jesus was the one who was speaking the truth. So they made themselves the ones who were outside the kingdom of God looking in. Now look how masterfully Jesus responded to the challenge. He gave them the counter challenge. This is brilliant. Mark 11, 29 and 30. Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question, and you answer me, and then I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was the baptism of John from heaven or from men? Answer me. Now, he wasn't being devious when he responded that way. Many of the finest teachers respond to questions with a question in order to help guide the person along. My theology professor in seminary, I've tried to style my classroom teaching after him for years. He was masterful at engaging students. And and when somebody asked questions, he always turned it into something good. And he he was very gentle, he was very kind. You asked him a factual question, he'd, he'd give you that. But if you asked him a question and he responded with a question you knew that in the next 60 seconds you were going to want to crawl under your desk because you had just exposed something that needed fixing. And he very gently would show you that, no, that you don't want to go down that rabbit trail. It's a dead end or worse. Well, Jesus, like many of the rabbis, used a technique like that. He was engaging these men in a discussion, and he was spectacularly wise in how he did it. Now, the problem for the leaders of the Jews was that they never did catch on in every previous challenge they had made to Jesus. They always came out on the short end of the logic. Why? Because their logic was way off. They were trying to get around what Scripture said rather than humble themselves under what Scripture said. In every previous encounter with Jesus, they came out on the short end whenever they would discuss a scripture, because they were twisting the scriptures. And Jesus was the Word incarnate. This time, they just didn't even mask what they were doing. They openly, publicly challenged His authority. And guess what? They came out on the short end because they were arguing with God. So Jesus asked the question, tell me, was the baptism of John, meaning John the Baptist, from heaven or from men? The baptism of John is just kind of a shorthand way of saying everything John did, because he baptized for repentance of, uh, of sins, or in accordance with repentance from sins. So he was just asking them to simply declare to him, do you believe that John the Baptist was a true messenger of God or not? It's a yes or no question. If it's multiple choice, the answers are A or B. It wasn't a hard question. Now Jesus knew they had rejected John even before he came on the scene, but it was the perfect question in reply to the hypocritical in reply to the hypocritical challenge from the leaders of the Jews. They challenged his authority. Jesus gave them a counter challenge, and that brings up a conundrum for these guys. How masterful that question was is clear. When you see what it did to the hypocrites, verse 31 through the middle of verse 33, they began reasoning among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Then why did you not believe him? But shall we say from men? They were afraid of the people, for everyone considered John to have been a real prophet. Answering Jesus, they said, We do not know. The question was A or B, and they chose C. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.